welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Vicki, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Good, just blowing and going like always, but yeah. good to be here. Like always. So this is kind of like a special episode um, because this episode coming out is coinciding with our fall mission project. And I am getting to interview like the person that we are partnering with to do said mission project and just kind of giving y'all a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, a little bit of like a more personal experience. A lot of time when we've done these quarterly mission projects, it's just kind of like, here it is. Okay, go and y'all kill it. And it's awesome. But um, because Vicky is local, I've gotten to like meet her and see what she's doing. And so I'm now really, I'm really excited to get to kind of introduce that to y'all. So Vicki is the head of Heritage Ranch, which is a relatively local, you're like an hour from me, um, boys home. And we are kind of adopting them and doing what we can to cover some of their needs this uh, beginning of school season. And so I think to get us started, why don't you just tell us like, what is Heritage Ranch? What do y'all do? Like, what's, what's the gig? Okay, sure. Absolutely. Um, so Heritage Ranch is a Christian children's home, and um, we work with families in crisis. At the core, our goal is family restoration and family reunification and really uh, generational impact through the program that we do. Um, we get calls every week from parents in crisis. Sometimes it's a grandmother raising a grandson, a single mom, single dad, husband and wife couple. Um, things have gotten in the home to the point where they've tried counseling, but the crisis is so severe that they don't know where else to turn, but they know they need help outside of the home. And so they reach out to us. Um, our model is that we have a residential home on campus that's just literally your traditional residential home, bedrooms, kitchen, dining room, um, all of the, the normal the normal stuff, but it's housed by a husband and wife couple that work full-time. We call them house parents. That is their full-time job is to live in the home and work with the boys, model marriage, model relationship, and create structure in the home. Um, we also have a school on campus. Most of our boys, a lot of them come several years behind academically in different subjects because of the fact that they've had behavioral issues in school. And so even if they are academically strong, they've typically gotten into trouble. And so we actually have an on-campus school where they do their learning here. Um, we do it in partnership with University View, which is an online program, but we actually have created an entire classroom structure. They wear Heritage Ranch uniforms. They have set class times. They do PE. Um, and then in addition to that, we have our counseling program. So we have a therapist that works with the boys and their families. And the whole purpose of that is really to dig into what is going on within the whole family unit 
And what do we need to process through to create health in the family so that when the boys do return home, typically within a year to a year and a half, that it isn't just the work that's been done with the boys, but it's also work that's been done with the family. Um, and the really awesome thing about that is that it not only impacts the child that's here, but then all of the other kids in the home right. as we process through like what's going on within the family that needs to be addressed to help everybody be healthy. As someone, we, my family has, we've looked into fostering and mm-hmm. fo- like if you, the true heart behind the foster care system is whole family, right? right. Like it's family restoration. And this sounds similar. Like, I feel like my, like I have a, a pretty good little chunk of like foster mom listeners. Mm-hmm. This will resonate with them. They'll, this is because yes. your heart isn't to like, quote unquote, like take these, bo- like you're trying right. to like reintegrate them and help the whole family. And I know I got to come out and actually visit like the, the location and see the school and the home and the offices. And, um, one of the things that that y'all talked about a lot was like the family is involved. This isn't like you, they don't drop the boys off and like hands off. The, there's, there's responsibility on their part as well, because your heart is for the whole family. Right. Yeah. So we get, I mean, sometimes we'll get calls from a family in crisis. And when we start to talk through what the commitment is, the reality is, is that some of them don't go through with engaging and applying to the program because what they're looking for is custodial. They're looking for somebody to take their place and raise their child. And, you know, our belief system is that when there's a case of abuse and neglect and the state has to get involved, even then that should be, the goal should be if possible to um, equip the family and to have the child get back into the home. So for us, uh, at the very start from the phone interview to the first intake interview, um, we're very clear with the family. This is a family restoration program this isn't just a program for your kids. And so for our families, they come up every other week for family counseling that includes whatever parental figures and siblings of the kids. Um, They come up on the opposite weeks for parent support group. That's where they get parent education. They work through whatever they need to, to like process through their own issues and or the, the things that they're doing that are contributing to the crisis. And um, then our boys go home three weekends a month and they're here for one full weekend. And the reason for that model is that we're taking the skills that we're equipping the parents with and the kids with, and then on those weekends home, allowing them to implement them. Because otherwise we would end up raising the kids. And that isn't the goal. And the parents that are reaching out to us aren't looking for someone to raise their kids or looking for someone to come alongside them. But truthfully, oftentimes when the child first comes in, it takes like, a month, two months, you just see the parents kind of like breathe because they have been in crisis often for years. Yeah. Kind of one eggshells struggling. And so when they come here, that, that having the kids here during the week and then that one extended weekend just gives them some time to decompress and start to recompose themselves for the work of preparing for them to kind of work through everything and be back home long-term. Right. Cause if you're treading water 24 seven, like yeah. you don't even really have the capacity to like lean in and try to, and so y'all are really throwing these parents a life preserver, like, okay, like let's get a float. Like let's get our head above right. water yeah. so that we can figure out like what, what's going on and try to really, really like mend some of these issues. And so my next question is like where this came from. Like, okay, like let's sure. backtrack a little bit. Like this is incredible. And like I said, like I've gotten to see it. I've gotten to like witness a little bit of like what it looks like. 
and it's it really is incredible and it that's why I'm so excited to be like partnering with y'all and we'll talk in a little bit about what that's going to look like you know on our part and on the part of the community but where did heritage ranch like where did this come from yeah i was trying to think of how to tell the story in short version um so um so really uh it started i was um visiting a children's home when i was 14 in tennessee uh i, I can't call it happenstance because i think you know god's just working if we're listening um but at the time it just seemed like a trip I was babysitting on. So I was 14, I was babysitting for a couple for their kids and we stopped at this children's home in uh, Tennessee and um, right outside Sevierville. And this couple walks us around, they have like 250 acres in the mountains and they're talking about their heart to start a home for children in crisis. Um, what they didn't know at the time uh, was that I was in the midst of a crisis myself. Um, I was sexually abused by my grandfather when I was really young and I had started having flashbacks and started processing that abuse when I was around 11. So I would say 11 to 14 years old was probably like my most raw years of dealing with that trauma. Um, it isn't something my parents knew about when they did find out about it. I had all the supports I could possibly need in terms of counseling support, family support, church support. But I mean, that period of time was just still so much turmoil. I mean, I was dealing with like, what is my value? Is somebody going to want to marry me someday? What did I do to deserve this? Just like all the questions that anyone who's gone through that kind of trauma um, experiences. And so for me, I was getting my bearings and just figuring out how to do life while processing this. And I'm on this trip and he's for their program, they were going to focus more on kids where there wasn't as much family involvement. And I sat there and they were talking about these like kids that don't have the family support. And I was thinking like, where would I be? I mean, if I hadn't had a mom and a dad who knew how to get me all the resources, I would have been just a complete and total mess. And the direction I would have gone in, I mean, who knows what that would have looked like. And so for me, I just remember sitting there and thinking like, imagine starting a program where these kids can get the support they need, but then also creating something where the parents also get the support they need. Now, I was 14 years old, so to be honest, I did envision this is where I would be. I came back home, went to middle school, you know, all the normal stuff you do when you're 14. Um, and uh, God kind of just kept tugging on me. So whenever I uh, finished my freshman year at LSU, um, I reached out to the family at Babysat for I was like, hey, did that children's home ever open? And they had just opened their first boys' home and girls' home. And so I applied for an internship and got it for the summer. And so I spent two months in the girls' home with the girls. And I mean, just taking them to the movies, going to counseling sessions, doing education, everything with them, sitting up late at night when they're processing through all the emotions of what they're going through. And that's really when the Lord just caught a hold of me about the importance of that work. Um, while I was there, so interesting, like I knew this is what the Lord was calling me to do. But there was a little boy um, there and he had to be discharged from the program and I was really close to him and it like kind of was this traumatic moment. So I came back and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just can't. And I don't even think I consciously did it. So I went back to school. I was pre-med at the time. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And so I went three years <laughs> pre-med, uh, did an internship. And just along the way, it just would not stop nagging me. And finally, I remember doing my internship at the local hospital and I was like, I don't, this is not what I'm made to do. 
And so I just finally was like, okay, Jesus. Um, and so I went to this replication business seminar on how to start a children's home up in Georgia and uh, just said yes to the Lord. And I guess the process from there was just learning what does it mean? Terrifying to start a business um, and a business at this um, magnitude, uh, but got started when I was uh, getting my uh, master's at LSU, got our 501c3 status the month that I graduated grad school. And then I waited tables like 30 hours a week while doing the starting of the ranch because at the time I didn't know how to fundraise. I don't have to do anything at all. Um, and so then I just learned by like bringing great people around me who had done this. And then, you know, here we are all these, all these years later. Um, but, you know, I know that this was an opportunity where it's just on my heart that there's no kid or family that doesn't have the capacity to really overcome anything and be anything that they want to be but a lot of times resources and crisis um, get in the way of that and so for us we want to be a part of making sure that we can help families and kids who want it to overcome that and be able to go down a different path. So. I think there's something that you said when you're at the end of telling that story that I think is really important to touch on like that you were waiting tables 30 hours a week. I think a lot of people have dreams or goals or visions that God's given them and they think it's just gonna like poof and like you're gonna have this ranch and it's gonna be stock full of kids and the fundraising and you know I think back to starting this like starting this podcast and starting Crabby Christian like I worked full time on staff at a church while like in the fringe hours building this because I wasn't making any money. Like there was no money to be found in like a little baby podcast that nobody knew what it was. And so just like as a side note, I think that that should be encouraging to people that like you, yeah. you have like you and God and the people that God's brought around you have really built this like incredible, actually life-changing thing. But that doesn't mean that you didn't have to like pick up people's food and, you know, like do something that wasn't the, the quote unquote dream to get right. there. Um, and I think that's a lot of people's stories. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just having coffee with a, a friend of mine and he, he does music. He's incredible. He used to be on our board and we were talking and he was laughing. He's like, he'll appreciate this. He was like, I was just doing this interview and this guy was like, yes. And all of a sudden, it just like the music, you know, opportunity just broke open. And he was like, yeah, all of a sudden, like 20 years later. And it's true. Like, this is how people see it. He's like, but it's not an all of a sudden. It's what happens after you, you know, done this investment. And the reality is, I remember when I first met you and um, was learning about you. And I was thinking about like people you have, I tell people like me bringing this to fulfillment a, it wouldn't have been possible without the thousands of people that came alongside me. So you don't do anything no. by yourself. I mean, that's just impossible. But besides that, as far as like the perseverance, I was like, I feel like I knew this is what I was called to do and had to hold as firm to that is like the work that I've put into my marriage. I've been, I'll be married 21 years and like, oh, three days. Um, and so, but it's like, you realize like the commitment that it's going to take, especially if you want to have like any other part of your life, like be healthy and right. balanced. I have five kids of my own. Um, plus I'm married and involved with my church and other things. And it's like, it's required a lot of having to just rely on the Lord and go back to him and just be obedient and sacrificial over and over because 
the reality is, is you, you say yes to what the Lord has for you, but it never looks like what you think it's going to look no. like. And so you just have to continue to give your yes and like persevere. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell my staff and the boys that we work with, if we don't quit, we'll get there. I just can't tell you where there is. And I can probably only tell you the next. Step. Right. Well, and obedience is such a huge part of it as well, right? Like to the people in your life, like you being pre-med and then choosing to go a boy's home direction, like probably made no sense. And, you know, like say, like I was pre-law and now like I'm a podcaster, like what, you know what I mean? But it's obedience. And I think a lot of the time obedience looks like, like obedience rarely makes sense, like rational worldly right. sense but it always like makes sense in the kingdom. And it always, there have been so many things that I know you and myself and people that are listening have had to step out in obedience. And that made no sense until you were a few steps in. And then you can look back and go, Oh, this is where we were going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the truth is, is like, it's just for me, I have to like, keep focusing on like I, I'm passionate about building successful business and I want to do that, but always the Lord has to bring me back to the, to the one, mm-hmm. uh, like the one kid, the one family, the one person that the mission changes because like day by day, when you're like going through difficulties or things, like I have this cross that I keep in my house, in my bedroom, actually, that one of the boys at the ranch gave to me a couple years ago. So he was one of those kids really close to me. He was going to be sentenced to two years in juvenile detention. And the DA called us and was like, look, I think that he can make different choices, but the judge is about to sentence him to two years. And once he goes into detention, just the outcome of that, just not going to provide what your program would for him. And so we did the interview with his mom. He came into the program, went through the program, completed it. And towards the end of it, he built me this cross. And it was just like two pieces of wood. He did it at home over his break and wrote here to drink on it and gave it to me. And I put it in my bedroom and looked at it. And it's like, I mean, the reality is, is if you're doing anything in life, I don't care what it is, parenting, doing your job, doing anything, um, it gets hard and you have to have this anchor to say like, that's why Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. And so like, I'll look at that cross. And even if I get tired today or weary or like, you know, whatever the case is, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, just remember that kid, remember that story. Because the reality is, is like, because a bunch of people came around me and said, like, you're worth my time, you're worth my investment. Like I went on and got through a crisis and now I started this children's home. And if those people hadn't persevered and done that, then this wouldn't be here. And it's like for every kid that comes through here, I know that it, it sounds silly, but truly, like, I think about that kid, and I'll get emotional about it, but, like, I would have started all this just for yeah. him to know that he was loved, and that his family was loved, and that there could be a different path. Now, I don't want it to just be him. But he would have been worth but it. But each time, like, it would have been, because that's just, that's who Jesus exactly. is. Like, I came for you, and so while I'm passionate about you know, growing and all those things at the end of the day, it's usually just the one, me thinking back, focusing on a parent that's life was, life was changed or a kid that just helps me continue to push forward. Because the reality is, is like outcomes are not usually evident, like as successful at the time that you're doing. Right. Like things can look like they're not successful, but if you keep persevering, it's what happens in like the long Yeah. 
you know what yeah. I mean? That's going to measure success. And so I always just have to remind myself, like, it's not easy, but if I, if I focus on like that kid, that person, yeah. then the persevering becomes a lot easier because it's hard work. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And you have a really incredible staff. I got to meet uh, a bunch of them and you have, so you have a teacher and a counselor and your house parents, and then you also have like administrative staff. And so the way that we like as the crappy Christian community are getting involved is we, I pretty much came to y'all and asked you, asked everybody to make wish lists. Um, the house parents, the teachers, you administration, the counselors, like, what do you need for the boys? And then also like, what do you need? Like what would make your job easier or more enjoyable, or is just something that you have been like wanting we compile, like got y'all to compile it all on an Amazon list. And now we're going to just kind of like put it out there and let the crappy Christian community cover it kind of like a, like a little bit of a back to school, like, but not just school related. It's the house and, um, you know, the farm and all of that kind of stuff. And so can you tell us just a little bit about like some of the things that y'all are looking forward to maybe like getting like what's going to be helpful in those areas yeah. no it's great i wish i would have thought to thought to have the list up in front of me that would have been probably a really great idea um but you know i'll i'll say this so first things first thank you so much for partnering with us we appreciate it um i think anybody who runs a business or works in nonprofit ministry church ministry etc knows that it's like you have the budget for the things that you have to have, but then there's always like all the things that you know would actually be really useful. And so it was so interesting when ever we went to the staff and we're like, hey, you can put things on the list. Even at first, like their list were super small. And I'm like, no, well, don't we need new like towels for the house? We could probably make these work for another two years. I'm like, yeah, but would you actually make them work? Like if we had funding and they're like, well, no, it would be really great. And so, you know, that's just like the mindset, but I mean, it's like anything from like new sheets for the boys' beds, towels for the boys' house, um, games, books um, for the school, like cleaning supplies, um, paper, pens. Um, you know, it's so funny, like the little things that are probably like the exciting things was like literally like Keurig coffee cups. Like we can put that on there because I mean, honestly, sometimes my office administrator then would be like okay we can't get any more coffee this month because you're like hmm, hey the house parents have extra cured cups cured cups don't really feel like a priority but you know what it's really great to be able to just have you know a cup of coffee when you need one um and so then like for the site i mean it's everything from like literally like clippers to like clip the garden to like gloves you'll go out into like our glove bucket and it's like you can find like all right hands you're like digging through and I'm like no we can get like actual you know and it's like we're making it work and everything's running well but those are the kind of things where when those things start to come in and you don't have to stress on like cool now they can use some of that budget for other things you know like on there's like paper towels like stamps my office administrator was like so excited because she's like if I could use this for stamps then I can actually get some other things I need like a printer or stuff because I don't have to use my office supply budget for stamps and so it's all those different types of things. I remember from a development standpoint, putting on like some little gifts that would be good to just like tell volunteers, thank you. 
because you always want to do that when they come out, but it's like making that fit in the budget. So all those different things will make a huge impact on just the day-to-day of the program. As an opportunity to stay engaged with what we're doing and learn more about how people can get involved, go to our website, which is hrbr.org. And we have a place on there that's like connect with us where they can sign up for the e-newsletter that we send out in our newsletter. There's actually like a news button where you can see kind of all the different past ones. And so that's one way. Also, we have our Facebook page and our Instagram page so people can follow us um, on either of those just to get more information about the ranch. As far as getting more involved for people that are local, we have something we do called a workforce development program that we do with our kids where we want to expose them to different career opportunities and different things that they may be interested in. And so we look for people that will partner with us in that. There's actually um, a get involved section on the website where you can go and you can sign up to have somebody reach out to you about being a workforce development partner and our office information phone numbers on there as well. But that's one really cool way for people to do that. So like last year, well, I say last year, pre-COVID when people were going places, The boys went and did all kinds of different things. They went like toward a construction company, learned about that process. They went to an attorney's office. They went to Smoothie King and like learned and met with the entrepreneur that's, you know, like was doing the franchise and what do they look like, look for when they're interviewing kids and they like got to see the back end of it. And so we like are going to be scheduling those for the whole school year. That's one thing. Also, we do serve days out at the ranch. We have a 52 acre campus and we really rely on volunteers to help with just projects around here in terms of like landscaping, gardening, picking up sticks, doing all the those things. And so there's also a, under Get Involved, a chance to like sign up to participate in one of the surveys, which is a huge deal because like I said, it's primarily volunteers. We have like one part-time like maintenance person that comes out and does stuff around the site. And like, other than that, we're relying on volunteers. And so that's another really um, impactful way that people um, can participate. Um, Prayer, I know, you know, you hear it all the time and say it all the time, but it is hugely true, obviously. Just really praying over the families, praying over the boys, and then also praying over the staff for wisdom and for staff. So right now, um, you know, we're we're always going to be in the process of having different staff needs that we have. And so that's something is just praying that God is bringing the right people that are aligned with the mission to come and to work for us. One really cool thing that's made really like super simple with Facebook is we'll have people that'll like go on and do Facebook fundraisers for like their birthday or other times of year. And so that is one really cool, like super simple thing. We are signed up as like a Heritage, Heritage Ranch is on there. It's like a Facebook organization that you can fundraise for. So like, I love seeing that will suddenly it'll pop up and be like, so-and-so is doing a, you know, a birthday fundraiser or Facebook fundraiser for the ranch. And so that's super cool. I always thought, man, it would be awesome if we just had a bunch of people that like on their birthdays, you know, $500 here, $250 there did that. And it's just like a super, super easy thing. So our Instagram is Heritage Ranch Baton Rouge. And then Facebook is at Heritage Ranch BR. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity and we are super excited to share as the boxes start rolling in once the Amazon wish list goes live. So thank you again. We appreciate it. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.